0: Base Hit Ball 4.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Base Hit Ball 4 podcast. I'm Glenn Denegris, alongside Tyler Blumenstick and Scott Roswald, and hopefully Alex Cashman. At some point, he has a prior engagements he has to attend to. This is our second episode of the Base Hit Ball 4 podcast, and since dating back to the first episode, a lot of news is broken about whether or not a season is in the card's for 2020 for Major League Baseball. Um, Basically the rundown is the owners, they agreed to a deal for the 82 game schedule the divisions, 82 games, as I said, all that under wraps, and they submitted it to the Players Association. And now, guys, we're in this kind of two-and-a-half-week limbo between the Players Association and the MLB to see if games are going to be played. And there's been a lot of controversy since then. A lot of players have been sounding off, most notably Blake Snell, Trevor Bauer. Um, On the other side, people like Mark Deshera, former players have keyed in and talked about this issue so basically what's happening right now is everybody is on the same page that the most important thing is health testing what happens if somebody gets the coronavirus while playing um, everything in terms of no fans in the stadiums that all seems to be well and good between both sides now what's going to happen is the money Um, back in March when the season was delayed initially there was a 50 percent pay cut for the players, now the owners want to add an additional 33%. And, Scott, that is when the players like, no. People like Blades, Snow, He came out yesterday on Twitch. He's, like, he's basically saying, I'm not risking my life to make 50% less and then 30, 33% more on top of that. So it's a big issue right now for Major League Baseball, and it would be a shame if there was no season due to money.
2: Yeah, Major League Baseball is at a, a huge tipping point right now with these negotiations for the next couple of weeks between the Players Association um, and the owners because of this money thing. I mean, we we brought it up a little bit previously, you know, about contracts and stuff like that. The way I'm looking at it is a lot of these guys aren't that big time. They don't have that huge contract that, you know, of a Mike Trout, you know, that contract Garrett Cole just signed or what Bryce Harper signed for a lot of these guys are, you know, on a lower level contract. They're still, you know, the way that baseball service time is controlled is that these players are paid pretty cheaply, relatively cheaply, for the first couple years of their career. And, you know, once they're you're not playing and then they have to agree to this reduced, you know, salary, plus, you know, they're being taxed like the rest of us, they are losing money. And these players are sitting here saying, you know, It's probably not really worth it for me to go out here and you know, possibly get sick and infect my family, if I'm not going to be able to be making the money that I thought I was going to be making.
1: And it's amazing to me that I see a lot on Twitter and social media. A lot of people are siding with the owners, which is unfathomable to me because the owners are making billions of dollars and they're going to be sitting in their mansions watching these games. They're not going to be putting their lives out on the risk on on a limb when players who are not making a fraction of what the owners make, regardless of normal season or not, they're going outside and they're going to have to socialize with people and they're going to have to expose themselves potentially to the virus. And Tyler, it just boggles my mind that people have the audacity to think that the, the players are being the greedy ones.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it, there's a, it's a double-edged sword here. Like you, you really never like, th- there's no right or wrong way to go about this. I mean, you can, you can look at it from the owner's standpoint and they're putting the product on the field. They're giving these guys a shot. Um, They're bringing in the revenue. They're putting on a show. They're fronting all the money as it is. And then you get the smaller market teams like the Royals and stuff like they're incomparable to the Yankees and uh, Dodgers of the world where they might not be necessarily turning a profit regardless. So, but then I mean, all right, as more and more of these players have started to speak out as the proposal has been going on, I have I've been more on the owner side beforehand. Now I'm more on the player side. Um, especially with what Blake Snell said. Look, I don't think he articulated it very well personally. Um, I think he pretty he he basically like hit the gist of what he said was I mean, and most of you guys listening probably also listened to that. It was a short clip, probably about a minute and a half. But he he basically went out and said that, like I, I don't know, I just didn't like the tone of it. I mean he he said, y'all gotta understand
1: for me to go for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay. I gotta make my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay, And that's just the way it is for me, and it sounds kind of selfish that a guy that makes seven million dollars a year he's going to take a pay cut if it's fifty percent, he makes three and a half, but yeah, it, and taxes it's on still, top of it his taxes his point on top was taxes. Of it. But it's still the money that they sign for, and they feel like they deserve it. I, I made this reference before to a few people, a few different people. I said it to you guys, I think, and I said it to a couple of other friends. This is not a charity. This is not the Red Cross. This is a game. So to say, oh, you have to go out there and you have to play baseball to bring hope to society and give people distraction, that's not their job. Their job is to play baseball. It's, it, it is, per se, entertainment, and fans do watch it. but. The main thing of this is not to help people. Baseball, Whether baseball players or not, the coronavirus is still out there. Baseball is not curing anybody. So the fact that people like the governor of Illinois say that people deserve their baseball and they have the right to see baseball again, that's just not fair to the players to go out there potentially get exposed to this virus by going outside and playing and interacting with clubhouse people and players that have been quarantined for a while and other people that go into making a baseball game work professionally, it wouldn't be fair to give them such a dynamic pay cut on top of the one they already agreed to a couple months ago.
0: It's true. I I mean, so there's a report coming out as of 40 minutes ago. um, When we're recording this, it's Thursday night at about nine o'clock. Bleacher Report came out and said that the Um, MLB Players Association has asked the MLB for financial documents amid return-to-play proposal. Um, So I'm just going to skim through this real quick. I haven't gotten a chance to read it just because I just came across it. But um, Ronald Blum of the Associated Press said, uh, baseball owners on Monday approved a proposal that could lead to the coronavirus-delayed season starting around the 4th of July with a regular season schedule of about 82 games. Owners also gave the go-ahead to pros uh, basing player salaries on a 50-50 revenue split, yada, yada, yada. We talked about this. Um, now, um, Ken Rosenthal said that trying to just get the correct information here. Um, regardless, it's a lot to go through, but now the MLB players association is looking for the financial documents to back it kind of, it seems like a little bit of a distrust between the two parties here. Yeah, you don't know what
1: MLB is hiding. I mean, they they haven't opened their books completely. So the players, and I think players have said this before, are they going to trust Rob Manfred after everything that's transpired over the last few months and a lot of distrust between him already? Are they going to trust him to open up the books completely? Is the 50% and then on top of that 33% cut that they're getting or the split in revenue that they're getting proposed, is that accurate? to what Major League Baseball is actually making. I know there's not going to be any gate revenue because there's going to be no fans, but that doesn't mean that there isn't other aspects of revenue coming in. Basically, TV deals, merchandise, those other avenues of revenue, that needs to be on the forefront, that needs to be honestly proposed and shown to the Players Association. So the Players Association and the Major League Baseball players know exactly how much Major League Baseball makes, and then they can discuss financial agreements because until then major league baseball players
0: don't know how much the league is making in revenue they're blind to that yeah so i just got while you're talking while you were talking i had a chance to skim through this a little bit so this type of financial disclosure is more common during overall collective bargaining talks so look i mean from my perspective i think that i mean in a situation like this where it's very uncommon obviously never heard of before I think it's good to go back to that and, and be completely transparent on both sides because I feel like that's the only way they're really going to get to a true and honest decision that both sides are comfortable with, if at all. And look, I hope we can see baseball this year. But as of the last couple of days, I'm not so confident that we, we're going to see baseball. And it's a little scary. I mean, but what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I have no idea.
2: Absolutely agree. I mean, from the feelings that I've been having, it, it it does scare me. I know I want to watch baseball um at any capacity whether it means they're playing 80 games or you know 50 games or a million games. I'd watch baseball. It it does scare me that there's a chance that we're not going to see it because of this whole money thing, because of the, the safety. Uh, it uh, we're really I think we're at a crossroads where you know there's there's a huge chance and the, one of the things I've been hearing for all the sports is if they miss out on a season, how negatively it's going to impact the years down the road the collective bargaining agreements between the players and the ownerships of all the sports leagues are going to be affected by this because what major league Baseball's cba is up at the end of the 2021 season there's going to be huge impact on how the negotiations go down because these owners are going to be losing a lot of money this year because there's going to be no fans in the seats which is a the number one way that they're bringing in money is by ticket sales. And then the second most important thing is concessions. People like us are going to the game and we're buying $13 beers. That's adding up.
0: $22 like, grub tubs.
2: It's crazy. The amount of money that they're making off of food and concessions and tickets, it's, that's the only argument that the owners can make, in my opinion, is that they're going to lose this money because no one's going to be there to watch the game. They have to rely on a television deal. Whereas the Phillies have a huge TV deal. The Yankees have a huge TV deal. The Dodgers have a huge TV deal. The Royals don't have a huge TV deal. The Rays certainly don't have a huge TV deal. There's More teams are going to be affected negatively by – I mean, everyone's going to be negatively affected, but the amount of money is going to be disparaged across the entire league it's it's going to be scary to see if you know what happens here
0: so I want to pose a question real quick I saw this on Twitter I don't remember who um, but they suggested that to make up for look obviously it's not going to be completely back to normal and, and at the levels of revenue that they would be bringing in beforehand but what do you think of for this year only putting advertisements on jerseys to kind of supplement that income I mean, I don't have a problem with it, personally. I think that would be fine. I think the players would be fine with it as long as their pockets are getting filled. And I feel like the owners would be fine because they're still getting the product on the field and they're going to bring in the revenue that they would have missed out on should we lose the season here.
1: I think there's another avenue to that problem, and that's Nike. Because Nike just spent a lot of money to have the swoosh on the top right of the jersey. That's a good point. Is is Nike going to be okay with McDonald's going to be on the left sleeve or whatever – company decides Bud Light or whatever beer company decides to put their logo on the jersey I I feel like Nike kind of put a lot of money into the MLB jersey I'm not sure they're going to be they're going to want to share that that's That's my I mean it's a great idea it's a it's a way to get revenue in especially for the smaller market teams that aren't going to be selling those tickets or those concessions but Nike this is their first year with the swoosh on the jersey I don't think they want
2: to share it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, when you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you see, it's worked in the NBA when, you know, they first proposed that and, you know, they're going to put, you know, sponsorships on the jerseys. I was like, I was a little scared by it, but it being a little advertisement up on the top, you know, you don't really notice it at all. It's not on like most uniforms that like jerseys that fans can go out and buy. It's not on there. If it ever got to a point where it was, like, soccer and that was the main thing on the uniform, I would be so against that. But if it gets to a point where, you know, it's a little patch on the sleeve or on the back, like, up at the top of the jersey, I don't see an issue with, you know, any of that. But I I totally agree with Glenn, you know, with it being the first year of Nike as the main, you know, sponsor for uh, Major League Baseball uniforms, I don't see it happening this year.
1: Something that I found interesting, especially with people like Mark Teixeira saying they should play for pennies on the dollar just to give people hope, um, I think that's all good and well for Mark Teixeira, who signed out of college with a four and a half million signing bonus and signed a hundred eighty million dollar deal with the Yankees for eight years and set never needs to worry about money ever again. A lot of this. To me, it's not about the Mike Traps. It's not about the Bryce Harpers or Manny Machados or Garrett Coles. It's those guys who are making the minimum. Uh, The 37-year-old reliever trying to stay in, making the minimum. The the kid that just came up, making the minimum. That is really where the Players Association, that's who the Players Association is standing up for. Not the multi-millionaire superstars that are going to be fine if they cut the salaries by 75%. They're still going to be fine. It's those other guys, and that's what I think the common fan is forgetting about. Because we always we're, we're a star driven society. So the other guys that are getting called up and making the minimum, they're going to be really affected if they get this pay cut. And I think that's really important for the players' association to step up and get as much money for the players as possible. That's what a union's for.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and one of the things uh, to you know go off of the the smaller time players. Before we started this, I went on to The Athletic, and I, I just wanted to, you know, read on some things. I went over to Ken Rosenthal's page, and one of the articles he wrote earlier this week was, what about those guys, you know, with the underlying health conditions? And one of those guys that he, uh, he brought up was David Dahl, uh, the left fielder for the Colorado Rockies, who, you know, when he was in the minor leagues, had a collision with one of his teammates, which required him to have his spleen removed, which, you know, I had no idea uh, this had occurred. And when you, after you have your spleen removed, um, your body is much more susceptible to, you know, infectious diseases. Your immune system is much weaker. And as, as soon as this all started, he immediately went to his, you know, training staff and said, you know, what about me? Is, how am I going to be affected? Um, am I even going to be able to play baseball this year? Because, you know, if this disease is out here, this could potentially kill me because I'm one of those guys that is susceptible, you know, long-term to this.
1: And there has to be other players with certain medical things, such as like asthma or some yeah. breathing cardiovascular issue that they might have. You have to put the health of players at the forefront immediately. That, that has to well, be the number one thing. And that, that comes back to Blake Snell saying, I'm risking my life and taking a huge pay cut. And that's where the players association is getting angry.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, we just saw this with Trey Mancini. I mean, he was just diagnosed with, I don't remember which type of cancer, but cancer nonetheless, terrible. Um, He noticed this, like he said he wasn't in pain. He felt, I think it's um, stomach cancer, colon cancer, intestinal cancer, something of the stomach. Um, But he wasn't in pain necessarily. Um, He noticed it because he started getting fatigued earlier than usual while he was taking batting practice. Like this is a complete, like, with anybody not necessarily just athletes but this is a complete possibility there are these underlying conditions like you said that you might not even know you, like they could be even more underlying than underlying itself and like it, it is a little bit scary and and the players really truly do have a point here
2: hey, you're correct there it was, it's calling cancer for trey mancini yeah. and another two guys that was brought up in that article were anthony rizzo and um, John Lesser on the Chicago yep. Cubs both cancer survivors um, you know Rizzo there was a quote from Rizzo in there saying that he checked in with his doctors they said he's healthier than ever that you know he would be fine but you know there's a chance you don't you don't know and yep. you don't if you're a guy like Rizzo or Lesser or I mean Mancini's already ruled himself out of the uh, out for the year but You know, you you wouldn't want to take that risk. You know, it's a a huge, huge risk that you would have to take. And something
1: you really need to think about, whether or not, let's just say hypothetically that next week comes around, they come up with an agreement and they're going to play baseball. They're going to start June 10th, spring training 2.0. And then July 4th is opening day. There's still going to be players that sit out, that say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to risk myself. I don't want to risk my family. I don't think it's a good idea to be playing. And they're going to sit out um so it's it's really a hard thing to really digest and really try to figure out if you're the players association and if you're major league baseball because this is just an unprecedented time in society so it's going to be a weird season nonetheless but if players start to decide hey i'm not i'm going to sit this year out that's a problem
0: yeah without a doubt absolutely agree so do, I I don't I'm not completely sure of it myself, but do you guys know what happens? With, say there is no season. How do contracts get handled? Like, say somebody's got two years left on the deal. Do once we resume next year after the pandemic blows over, do they if still have due two years. A, if somebody's due to
1: be a free agent, so for example, for the Yankees, no matter if there's games or not played, Paxton, LaMejo, Gardner, Tanaka, free agents, but
0: Whether they're not getting paid. 80, that's the thing. So if they're in no the season they're not getting paid so do they are they just shit out In the agreement of
1: luck? from 2 weeks ago. Yeah. When it they was first agreed, agreed that they get a full year service time whether they're games or not.
0: That's terrible. I don't
1: like that Which one is crazy
2: cuz cuz the Phillies could lose a guy like JT Romuto um who yeah. they gave up, you know, their top pitching prospect and, and how about the Dodgers? They can
1: process. Mookie Betts can never play a game for the Dodgers. They gave yeah. up a big haul to Boston, Verdugo plus Jeter Downs. Yeah, imagine that. And Mookie Betts that might just be re-sign with the Red Sox and never play a game for the Dodgers. I don't see I don't Mookie know. Betts re-signing with the, Do- with the yeah. Red Sox because if the Red Sox didn't have the money this offseason, they're not going to have it next offseason. But hypothetically, it could happen.
2: Yeah, which, is, which would be crazy for the, the Dodgers. You know, have, have to give up, you know, a guy like Alex Verdugo, who's, you know, a good hitter, a top prospect, and, you know, jeter downs at shortstop. I mean, the Dodgers were in a situation where they could give up you know prospects to make a move yeah, or maybe sure. bets yeah. but it's it's huge to you know potentially make a move like that and the guy never plays a game for your team that would be absolutely insane
0: yeah it's just crazy i feel like look if if it were me in that position of decision making in this situation i don't understand how you can take a, a year of service time away from a guy or the whole league at least and when they're not earning. You're so, like I can't imagine the players association though
1: allowing a freeze on service time when people work so hard to get to that
0: free agent year. That's true, but you look at it both ways, I guess. there's, there's people that benefit from it and there's people that it hurts. Um Yeah,
1: it's going it hurts it, the major teams. The Yankees are going to have yeah. a bunch of free agents that are significant, Paxson, Lamehu, their best hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gardner, their leader Tanaka, another one of their best pitchers. Yeah, the Dodgers we talked about—they're gonna they might lose bets. That's just the way it, it is. Um, well, I, and we lose
0: we lose cheap years out of guys like Judge and Sanchez. Exactly. Then they're close to the arbitration. That's yeah. why
1: it's so important that these two sides get a season, get some sort of season, because a lot of teams their window is three to four years max, and then it gets cut down to two to three years because of the yeah. season that might not happen. So it's really Absolutely. rough, especially for the high market teams that are built to win now. I don't think the Orioles really care from baseball standpoint if there's games or not because they're not close to winning. Um, but a team like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Phillies, the I don't know, whatever team is the Astros who are built to win today, take a year away from their window. That could be detrimental.
0: Good. I hope it is to them. Well,
1: everything's all right. For the Astros, yeah, they can they can screw off. But every other team that's – built to win now not having a 2020 season and not having that opportunity to win when your young stars are about to get paid in arbitration and then eventually free agency the yankees can't keep everyone they can't oh. keep judge and sanchez and severino and torres and hicks and all these people coming up they can't keep all of them some of them are going to move on and then the yankees i mean hicks quick.
0: and are they're, 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 for for they're locked up long mil, term yeah yeah. Ten mil, seven, five, six year. But you deals, might need to uh,
1: you might need to trade a Hicks and eat some of the money in order to sure. sign Judge to an extension.
0: Exactly. That's I rough. mean the
1: the Hicks contract was an investment, and so is the Severino one. For sure. If, one if, of the other I sh- guys
2: I would like to you know throw out there with this you know free agency thing is you know your former shortstop, my new shortstop, and Gregorius went out and signed a one year contract with the Phillies. You know, coming off of Tommy John surgery, he struggled last year. Did not produce to the same, uh, you know, standards that you guys have gotten used to, um, you know, but for him, this was going to be a prove me year mm-hmm. in a stadium like Citizens Bank Park where it's friendly for hitters. He could have put up big numbers in that lineup and parlayed that into a nice, you know, contract in the next offseason. But for him, there's a chance that he's going to lose out on a whole year to prove himself. Is he going to want to go back into the free agency market where? there's there's going to be less money for these players this upcoming offseason. Will he end up coming back to Philadelphia? I would hope so. Um, you know, he loves Joe Girardi, the new manager. Uh, he has a great relationship there. He, has an, he needs that opportunity to, you know, build up his, you know, stock again. And there's a lot more guys like that where they're going into free agency this upcoming season, and they're probably going to lose out on a lot of money because of – you know, potentially not playing.
1: I mean, you talk about Didi. He had a bad year in 2019. And you're thinking back, if he was a free agent after 2018 or 2017, he's going to get Xander Bogart's money. Now coming off of 2019 and then not playing in 2020, that money's gone. And he's going to have to sign another one-year deal. And then he's going to be another year into his closer to 30. He might be 30 already. I think he's 30 now. So his age 31 season, he's a free agent. And then that long-term deal is not coming because teams aren't doing that anymore.
0: Yeah, and it sucks for players who are, like, at that 29, 30, 31 age because you look at a guy in in his age 29 year as a free agent completely different than you look at a guy that's 30, purely based on the optic of the two in front of your age or the three. And if you're 29 now and you're you're about to be 30 in the offseason, it's just the whole conversation surrounding your contract talks that just completely drives the gears. And, and it sucks for a guy who's doesn't really have a shot to go out there and, and show what he's what he's got and, and go out and get his money. And it's, I don't know, it's just going to be weird. I, I, I just want to see what happens. I'm curious. It's only a matter of days, right? Well, if they're talking about June
1: 10th as the start of spring training or mid-June start of spring training, they can't negotiate while games or while it starts. They can't just say, okay, let's play, and then we'll work on it as we go
0: along. They need exactly. to figure it
1: out. Sign a deal and then they start playing. So they have like two weeks to get this done.
0: I mean, they can always push it back. Like, should they have to? But yeah, looks- I mean,
1: they can push it back. Where July spring training and then the end of July August is when yeah. it starts. But once you do
0: that, you lose games and I mean, and it's, it gets messy. It's, I
1: think, I think they're set on this eighty-two game. If it's not eighty-two game yeah. season, I don't think they're going to do it.
2: I've crazy. heard between seventy-eight. 78- and 82. That's what Ken Rosenthal yeah, originally but reported. They're
1: not going to play 41 games. No, no. That's There's no point. I, I mean, there's a point, I guess, but uh, is it worth it? Is the
2: point. And at that point, it wouldn't be worth it at all because, you know, whatever they did, whoever came out at the top at the end of the year, that's not going to mean anything. You won 40 games and then you played 40 games and then you go into a postseason and you win a World Series. Like this. Yeah, so if they're going to extend the wildcard format two more teams,
1: so 14 teams make the playoffs and you play 41 games and a team goes 21 and 20 or whatever, and
2: yeah, then they go on difference. a run and
1: win the world series. What, what is that? Is that really an accomplishment compared to other years? I yeah. think you need the, at least the 82 or 78, you, you need a good chunk. You need a good eight, nine weeks of regular season to determine who's worthy of making a playoffs. And then when you get to that point, who's worthy of being a champion
2: it's still not part of enough. and another part yeah it, it's not enough because another part of this whole thing is when you play 162 you can have a you know a tough 2 3 weeks you can have a you know a, a below average month as a team you can't afford to have that now if we're going to be playing 78 and I think that I actually
1: think that adds interest to the season if it happens because 2 to 3 weeks in a normal season, yeah like, eh, they'll get they'll, they'll turn it around eventually. Two to three weeks bad in August this year, team's done. Yeah. I think that's that, that, that's really interesting compared to a season where you can take a couple weeks off. I mean, you see it all the time when managers will take out their best players just to give them a break. There's going to be no just take a break that today kind of thing this year because you can't afford it because it's a sprint and not a marathon.
2: It's true. Exactly.
0: So in a, in an eighty two game season, how many off days do you think the average guy, like an Aaron Judge or a Mike Trout or somebody like well, that, Well, Aaron Judge gets is a bad off?
1: example because he still has this rib issue. That's, That's true. But like there.
0: these superstars, top yeah. caliber, top caliber players, where they would normally play what one one forty one forty. So in eighty two, so
1: they it? probably play seventy six,
2: seventy five. That's a lot and of games might.
0: consecutively. That's a lot of games. It's going to be rough. If are going they're, they're going to be experience.
2: adding in. A universal DH, you can, you know, start resting in these guys in different spots, in different days. You can move that around. You know, last year I think Bryce Harper played, I think, like 155. He played a large portion of the season. The only time he missed time was to go home for the birth of his son. Um, That guy's a gamer. He's going to be out there every single day. For, for like, if there's this – the one thing that is going to be approved upon is is this universal DH across the league um, for this 2020 season. It gives teams opportunities to get that other additional bat into the lineup. It gives the Phillies the opportunity to, you know, play Jay Bruce every single day, get him into the lineup. And then, you know, when we're at game 55-56, you know, you can rest Bryce Harper, you can put him in the DH spot, you can rest, you know, Reese Hoskins, put him in the DH spot, just get them at bats, keep them, you know, loose, um, you know, that's the only thing I have heard so far that is going to be agreed upon is this DH.
1: I thought about this this yeah. morning in regards to the DH. If we force the National League this year, which it looks like it'll happen if there's a season, if we force them to have a DH, I wonder if it just becomes the norm and they never take it away and they finally just
0: say DH forever in every – I hope that's week. the case. Dude, I saw a tweet last night it was. Um, I think it was like CBS Sports came out with like one of those um, – fan questions and they were like, what is your, one, what is one personal sports take? I think Cash responded to it. So I clicked on it and I looked at the replies. They're like, one, what's one personal sports take that's ha- like, or unpopular sports opinion that you'll never change your mind on. And somebody said, um, the the DH ruins baseball. I was like, I'm sitting there thinking it's like midnight. Like I'm about to close my eyes. And I start thinking, I'm like, are you, how can anybody possibly think that The National League not having a DH is like good for baseball. Like it, it, you you want more offense. You don't want to see a pitcher hit it. Back in the seventies,
1: back in the seventies, they said free agency would ruin baseball, and I think free agency has enhanced baseball
0: and enhanced all absolutely. Without a doubt,
1: Uh, I mean Scott's the National League guy in this podcast. I'm sure he likes the. I'm sure he loves the pitchers hitting.
2: Yeah, I can make my argument for you know having both, having that split. It makes it puts more pressure on your manager it makes your manager have to but be nobody gets, to nobody under normal
1: circumstances nobody under normal circumstances when they're we're allowed in a ballpark is buying a ticket to see what joe girardi is going to do in the seventh inning but
2: it, it adds an extra dynamic of you know we're at a spot we're coming up late in the game we got to make a double switch here you know we want to you know you got to manage your bullpen a little bit different i mean Managing your bullpen is going to be different this year anyway, with the three batter limit anyway. It, so the game is evolving. Um, it creates. But is it, is it exciting? Know, is it really exciting? I mean, it's to the it's to the baseball when like, it's, to the
1: baseball savant who loves the strategy of the game. It is exciting. I
2: think it's exciting sometimes, but it can be to it, the but casual it sucks fan. when your pitcher comes up and the base, bases are loaded, yeah. and you know Aaron Nola coming up to the plate. I'm not expecting him to get a hit. You know, the rally ends there. You know, not every you know, pitcher even wants to go up there and hit. So, I mean, it's probably the smart way. They don't even take the bat the, off it, their it, shoulder half the time. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's, it's non-competitive. And they don't know how to bunt we're, either. If they were all really good bunters, that's, a, that's one <laughs> argument that they could have. They're not. They can't even bunt. They,
0: they
2: don't, don't really work, work on Bumgarner it necessarily. Coming up.
1: Like, well, if you're really a National team, you should work on bunting. But they, but they clearly don't because they can't do it.
2: It's just they a take? systematic thing across baseball, all of baseball. How many kids on our club baseball team in college could bunt?
0: None. Not many. Scott, Richie. I actually,
2: I, I actually me,
0: watched. Me and
1: Scott, Ricky. That's about it. <laughs> I, I, I was actually talking about this with a couple friends last night because it was like one in the morning, and MLB Network was playing game five of the 2001 World Series between the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. And you remember Scott Brocious hits the home run in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game off Kim, the submarine reliever. Second straight day, he blows it. Whatever. Everyone remembers that. People don't remember in the 12th, Nabila gets a single and then Broch is up again. And he actually bunts. So he just hit a home run at bat before to tie the game. And now he's bunting. And I, I said that to my friend the other day, that would never happen anymore. Bunting is just like a lost art in baseball. So without bunting, at
0: this point, just put in the DH in the National League. And, and it's the thing with I've, interleague play too. Like, like, if you're... In interleague play, the National League team uh, inevitably has has an advantage because you build your team differently. Look, I'm not saying it's like the end-all, be-all because it's not. It's that 26th man on the roster. But you, you have that extra offensive player, and then you also bring in the American League team playing in the National League ballpark with pitchers that, unless they've played for a National League team in their career, they have never really hit before. And and even managers, they they've never managed um, having a pitcher there. It's just a disadvantage with with interleague play getting to the point that it has been over the past um, excuse me past couple of years. It's just like I don't know. It's you. I feel like you have to have a universal rule set. It's they're would not two agree, completely different leagues Would you agree? Now.
1: Would you agree for the NL keeps their rules, the AL keeps their rules, but in the World Series, there's a DH? Scott, would no, you agree that?
2: Cause No, I don't agree with that because then that just – I don't know. I, I think if you're going to go one way, just go all the way. And at this point, it's going to be the DH. Because you remember years
1: ago, David Ortiz had to play first base.
2: Yeah, yeah it, I, I think it that negatively should... affects the Red Sox. It, you know, he wasn't a defender at all.
0: But it, it also promotes getting guys out in the field. Like when you have a DH – like you don't burn guys out like it it puts people like John Carlos Stanton, who might not be the best fielder. look, he's not a shabby fielder by any means, but he's not elite, but on the days that he is out there, it gives him that extra boost of energy, that extra little kind of kick in the ass because he's got those off days coming up where he can just focus on hitting, and he might be able to bust his ass a little bit more in the field. It, it, I don't know. I, I, I'm but
1: all. But the problem for... is, if you
0: put in Stanton to play
1: left, you're taking Gardner out, and Gardner's a very important piece of what the Yankees do that offensively.
0: Is, that is true. But I mean, that's, that's just it, one It's not even.
1: It. It's not even for the DH in the American League. You got to put someone out in the field that isn't used to playing the field. You're also taking a solid guy out of the lineup. Yeah. So it's a double whammy because you're getting a less of a defender, and you're losing someone who might also be a dynamic hitter.
0: Because yeah. if you have I mean, the
1: Yankees, you got to choose between Stanton... Or Gardner, or if you're the Red Sox, you have to choose between Ben and Tendy or one of the outfielders, Jackie Bradley Jr., and JD Martinez. So yeah. it's tough.
0: Look, I'll always be an advocate for having the offensive players hit and letting the pitchers do their thing and pitch. Like, I, I, I mean, feel remember like you can't Wong, go wrong with like
1: that. Like, Wong was the ace of the Yankees, and then he got hurt running the bases because he's not used to the running, running the bases. That's true. It didn't stretch his muscles to be adequate at running the bases, and he got hurt. He was never the same. It happened recently, didn't it?
0: With, like, a big-name guy. I don't remember who it was.
1: Didn't a of on the,
0: ago, Didn't a picture the Phillies on the had Charlie a Morton.
1: years ago, didn't, like, Tim Hudson or something on the Tim Hudson blew out, broke his killings. ankle running the bases, yeah. right?
2: Yeah.
1: Or was he it's stepped on i a base runner? I'm not
2: runner? I don't remember. I, I don't I mean, think I was necessary, too. I was going to say, the Phillies had Charlie Morton a couple years ago, and I think, like, two weeks into the season he blew out his hamstring running to first base didn't pitch again the rest of the season and then went off to the astros and became a world series champion and is now a dominant pitcher in baseball but you know he was a guy you know that went down because it so it probably makes sense because you know then at that point you know the pitcher can just focus on you know going out there throwing strikes um you know doing their job on the mound whereas you know most of the time as we said they don't want to hit. They don't want to be up there whatsoever um, unless it's Madison Bumgarner who takes pride in trying to hit a baseball 5 million feet every single time he's up there. But, you know, most guys aren't like that.
1: I worry too much about my pitcher's arms exploding. I, I, don't, have the, I don't have the time or the patience to worry about them pulling an oblique, swinging the bat. That's my yeah. argument. They're they worth Tanaka. so much money. They're worth so much money for their arm that they're going to pull their oblique fouling a ball off that they weren't going to put into play anyway. I, I don't get it. Yeah.
0: It was Tanaka in 18. Do you remember that? That's who I was yeah. thinking of. So I found an article. Um, this, is, this was after Tanaka got hurt. So it says Tanaka now joins Chin Ming Wong, Stephen Wright, Adam Wainwright, Carlos Zambrano, Jacob DeGrom, and Mark Pryor, among others, as prominent pitchers injured while running the bases or hitting. That list is too long. And it's those, too good. those guys, good, guys are elite pitchers. It's a two a, too so lead of a pitchers. list too. Why do those guys need to it be
1: running the, the bases. season If cuz yeah. let's say let's say there wasn't a DH in the National League this year, right? And the Mets already lost Syndergaard for Tommy John. And yep. Jacob deGrom pulls his oblique, is out for 3 to 4 weeks, 4 to 6 weeks. We talked about earlier if a bad 4 week stretch kills your season, that kills the Mets this year.
2: Because yeah, of something that deGrom crazy. isn't Absolutely. even paid to
1: do. I, I I don't I don't understand the argument anymore for the pitcher hitting. I don't want to hear no. about the strategy of the manager because we talked about this when this was a radio show. What does the manager even do anyway?
0: Uh, you know
2: how at I this feel point, about we don't. At this point, we don't even know. We don't know. We don't. Because who knows, you know, who's in his ear before the game starts, who's giving them the reports. I mean, I think – I mean, we have – I don't want to, you know, rehash too much. We talked about it when Girardi was the Yankees manager. Like – The guy's a phenomenal manager. Like, let him do his job. A guy like Joe Maddon is a great manager. Let him do his job. But now it's – their teams are bringing in guys. um, You know, the Phillies had one in Gabe Kapler who's kind of a – you know, he was kind of a puppet. Aaron Boone, is he a puppet or is he a manager? I don't know. Maybe the first That's your point.
0: We don't know.
1: I mean, we're hiring guys like Aaron Boone and Alex Kor who never managed, never coached before on the professional level, and they're winning 100 games per year. I mean, it, it's it goes. Back, it, it's really any sport. Is Steve Kerr a good coach, or does he have the best roster? Is Bill Belichick a good coach, or does he have Tom Brady? It's oh, the age-old question between – yeah, well, Bill Belichick. <laughs> but when he was on the Browns, he wasn't.
0: So, that So is true. It, it's He's the age-old question. Is it, is
1: it the players, or is it the coach? That's what it is. It'll I, I always be
0: – 90% of the players. Are,
1: I think there are good coaches and I think there are bad coaches. Another sport, football, I think Pat Schirmer is a bad coach. I don't think anything you can do could work. But
2: I told you guys going into that, you didn't believe me.
1: The good coaches and the good managers will bring a team from 85 to 90. A good manager is not going to take a 60 win team and make them an 80 win team. I think the wins added from a manager is not as high as what others think
0: and that's my yeah but then but then you look at but the thing is then you look at war and what what is the what is the highest possible war we've seen out of a player in the last couple years trout and what is it over the course of a season seven eight and his team doesn't make the playoffs anyway yeah but my point being if you're if you're arguing that that managers can bring a good manager can bring a team from 85 wins to 90 wins you look at War, I mean, look, I, I'm not saying it's a direct comparison because obviously there's no stat, uh, statistics it to go behind
1: 2019 that. War was
0: 8.2. Yeah, and he's the best player in the league. So if you're saying that a manager can bring a team from 85 wins to 90 wins, that's pretty legit. I mean, that
2: I mean, it
1: could, be, it could be a difference between being out of the playoffs and being a wild card. I'm saying... Yeah. What I'm saying in that argument is you're not going to take over the Baltimore Orioles. You're not going to give them... Casey Stangle and all of a sudden they're winning 88 games. Exactly.
0: Look, it's true. I mean, it's, you know, we'll just never know. That's that's the yeah. truth. That's what, it, that's what it comes down to.
1: Uh, yeah. Have you guys been watching the KBL?
0: I watched I one not. game.
1: Wait really gotta, I got to get up and go to work. Those dinos are on a roll. They're
0: 6-1. I bet against the dinos the first game. Fell asleep uh, in the fourth inning. That.
1: Shouldn't have done that.
0: I wanted the home dogs. I think, who was it, Samsung Lions I bet on? <laughs> i don't know i think it's
1: i think they're entertaining and i think it's a good little preview into what a season this year could look like
0: i yeah, think it's I mean, funny baseball that baseball
1: yeah it's funny that behind home plate i think it's the dinos they have like cardboard cutouts of fans yeah i think that's fun. I, I you know i've real. i watch and it's like i don't really notice that the fans are gone i think they pump in like static noise to create like an ambiance of what fans fans would sound like I think Joe Buck actually tweeted this today, like, Fox Sports is going to, like, pump in crowd noise on their broadcast. I don't know how that'll sound.
0: They probably should. That'd be cool. I,
1: I think it could work with no fans. It's weird. I know the UFC yesterday had no fans. and I, I like about.
0: it. I like it a lot.
1: I mean, you're not going to get the vibe that fans would bring. You're not going to bring the two-strike. Everyone rises to their feet. Everyone gets amped. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not as awful as I thought it would look watching the KBO. I didn't really yeah. – it was still watching baseball to me
0: look when they first came out with the KBO airing on ESPN stuff i, I got excited for it i was like oh nice like we're going to have baseball but then you look at the times that they air it and like you you just can't possibly get excited for it cuz it's either really early in the morning and you either you wake up for it if you wake up for it i think you're a psycho no matter what <laughs> i think the uh, if you unquote, like opening baseball day. fine
1: I think, like, the opening day for KBO, the games were at, like, 1 a.m. I can do that. That's fine. I can, I can do, do 1 a.m. I think that's actually cool.
0: But 5.30 like a lot is brutal.
1: The, the majority is 5.30, and that's just disgusting. I can't it's do brutal. it. brutal.
0: But there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, the time difference is the time difference. And if, if you start catering to the Americans who want to watch it on TV, then you're putting the Koreans whose livelihoods is Well, they're going to be playing like, at 1 in the morning. Their yeah. Time. I'm, but, yeah it's, you can't do that to them. But – It's just hard to get behind because, look, you wake up at, say, even 8 in the morning, you're catching the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. I mean, you're tired either way just to watch some baseball. And, like, look, if I happen to be up, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to stay up to watch the, the, what is it, NC Dinos versus Samsung Lions again. It's not going to happen. I think I (laughs) fell asleep. I was excited for the first game, and I still fell asleep.
1: The games are actually entertaining. The quality of play is better than I thought it would be.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. It's good. The bat flips, that's where it's at. The bat they're flips crazy. are where it's at.
0: The thing is, they're flawless. Like, they, they go, and then the bat just, like, seems to just, wa- like, wave out of their hand. Just goes. They, they know. They know it's they effortless. got it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. That's great. I don't it's, know. it's a more respectful bat flip. That's the thing. And, and it's not even, like, I don't know if it's a culture thing or what, but, like, here – you do it, and you're trying to show off, and, like, it's just – it. I don't know. It just looks a lot more elegant over there. It, it's I don't know how to explain it other than that. It's a classier game over there. It is a classier game. I agree. What do we got? I, I,
1: I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting because that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at empty stadiums around. Sure. And a lot of teams, they don't even know where they're going to play. I know California, they put a three-month ban extension on – gatherings so if the dodgers and angels need to play i know the florida governor announced that he can home any house any team or arizona yeah so they're gonna have to you might not see games at dodger stadium this year
0: Oh, well, they're dying to fill tampa stadium with with games dying. and stuff like you here. <laughs> what is it, Tropicana Field? You're not gonna get any fans in there, obviously. I mean, well, there's no, there's gonna...
1: no, there's no fans in normal circumstances. Yeah,
0: but like, it, they're just dying to get anything there. I mean, I feel like other than who, the Heat, I, who else the is Orleans. in Florida? The what? The, the what sports team in Florida? Yeah, but I'm saying they, they're not pulling crowds. That's the thing. Like maybe the, the Jaguars get a crowd, the Lightning get a crowd. The no, Panthers. the Jaguars
2: do not get a crowd. But they get their
0: fans. That's the thing. The Rays don't even football, get that.
2: Football gets their fans, but, you know, the baseball teams, you know, the Rays oh. and the Marlins, you know, they're not selling out. Um, and
0: the Heat are in Miami. Florida yeah. Florida and Los Angeles. There's just so much more There's so much more to do.
2: Things. Yeah.
1: I don't think they care. I don't know if they care. No, they don't.
0: But if they it was not. a centralized also, location. Also, it's, not, it's really it be not better.
1: fair to Tampa because I feel like Tampa would have, would embrace the Rays if it wasn't, if it, the games were actually in Tampa. When I lived in Florida this fall, like I went to a Rays game and I got to Tampa, and it was still another ninety minutes to get to the stadium
0: because
1: you got to go over the bridge
0: to St. Yeah, Pete. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's nice. just called the St. Pete Rays. That's well, such we'll J- we'll a: ca-
1: We'll call the Jets and Giants New Jersey Jets and New Jersey. The
0: Giants. East Rutherford Giants. East Rutherford. I don't know. So it's gonna what what crazy. It's going to be crazy whichever way it ends up going. What else is on?
2: What's the- what else is on the table? Oh, I mean, oh. we never got the Bower. Bauer, <laughs> the
1: guy's a lunatic. I, I mean, he, he's not wrong.
0: He's got a point. But
1: just the way he says it, you know, it's kind of a little irritating. I think but, he's all right, so, so arrogant.
0: The thing with that
2: is – His look, ERA
1: isn't good enough for him to be so arrogant.
2: That is, that is exactly my point. Exactly my point. I looked up his stats yesterday because I wanted to, you know, see. The guy is not good enough to think that, you know, to think as highly as he does of himself a career, you know, four point oh four ERA. He's never he's had one sub three ERA season. That was two thousand and eighteen. He had a he had a 2.21. He had a great year in 2018. Every other year of his career has been absolutely garbage. 2016 he had the drone incident where he sliced open his finger and couldn't even pitch in the postseason. He was terrible in the World Series when they lost to the Cubs. The guy's a lunatic, and he isn't good enough to act the way that he does. That's why I hate him.
1: But at the same time, he makes good points, which frustrates you because you're like, I don't want to agree with you because I think you're insane. But he makes good points. I mean, something he said in his tweet was absolutely true. He, Major League Baseball announced that they agreed, right? They agreed to the whatever agreement they made to for baseball to happen this season without the players, without proposing it to the players. So now it looks like, and Bauer talked about this, He now baseball looks great. And if the players don't agree, they're the villain. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because everyone who doesn't think for themselves and just sees that and says, oh, we're going to have baseball this season, unless the players say no, then they're greedy. Baseball made the players look bad from the start by announcing this grand you know, agreement that they made this week.
0: I feel like it would have gotten out regardless. But I have a question going back to that. So you guys are – Glenn, you specifically are notorious for knocking Trout for not speaking up.
1: Nope, not speaking up.
0: Guys like Trout and, and speaking up like that. He doesn't then even now,
1: speak up. He can just do the home run derby
0: once. I mean, come on. Yeah, all right, but let me ask you this. You're knocking Trevor Bauer for speaking up. And he's good enough to the point where he can open his mouth and people will listen. So what is the difference between – look, aside from talent, What's the difference between Mike Trout? Should he speak up? He He has spoken up. I'm
1: not knocking Trevor. I just said Trevor Power makes good points. Yeah. My problem with Trevor Bauer is that he's a little bit too for Trevor Bauer. He's
0: like, this is going to be nerdy. He's a nerdy tech statistical guy. uh, He
1: just...
0: He's just very analytically driven. What's my problem with that to get better?
1: I, I don't know how to articulate my problem with Trevor Bauer. He just... It's, I don't know. I just feel like it's like very... He has this certain agenda that he's trying to push for himself and not the betterment yeah. of the game. That, he doesn't he see, does I don't not know care about, about that. his team.
2: He cares about himself and he cares about what he does out on the mound.
1: I don't necessarily like he, he agree has with the, that. He has his own media company. That's what it was called. I don't know what it's called.
2: Mo- is it Momentum? Is Momentum.
1: It and he puts out these videos of him knocking the commissioner and always being negative.
2: And that's not positive
1: to the game. That's not Not. growing the game. Him, A baseball player, did he make an All-Star team?
0: He has, right? Yeah, he definitely did. So an All-Star player consistently
1: just going at Rob Manfred. You remember he called him, what, a fucking idiot a couple months ago Mm -hmm. over that new playoff system where the teams pick their opponent or whatever? That's
0: fair, though. That's fair. I would call him an
2: idiot for that.
1: Yeah, but then he just starts screaming and...
2: But to publicly go out there and just continually bash your you know your ultimate superior doesn't I look mean you great. know how
1: you know how Dave Portnoy constantly goes out Goodell? Yeah. That's kinda yeah, how kinda Trevor Power is with Manfred. And it's it, Yeah like I enough. could see that. Like, I mean obviously different relationships. Use your voice, use your voice to be a positive influence on the game instead of just completely knocking it.
0: But then you take That's that funny. point and And you can you can also argue though that he is trying to make a positive influence on it, but he's just articulating it differently, because I think he truly does want to better the game. I don't think he's totally selfish. Oh, I'm sure I he think, does. I think he can be misunderstood at times, and most times, honestly, but I, he just comes off as kind of like a, a whiny
1: yeah that's what he tone. whines, he complains yeah. I mean but I, I think his the, the best, basis behind it is good. I think the best example of baseball people or baseball players using a voice like a podcast such as this to enhance the game is what CC and Ryan Rucco do. Yep. I think their podcast is the best baseball podcast out there other than this one, obviously, but <laughs> what, but seriously, what they do, they bring in guys, they talk about just that life and the grind of a season. You learn so much with those two. I think Trevor Bauer, instead of talking about that, just chooses to whine all the
2: time. Yeah that's my problem with Trevor Bauer. Well, I mean, what what do you think of what he did? Was that last year when they're in Kansas City and he threw the ball into the stands as he got pulled? I thought that was funny
0: actually. It was funny and childish at the same time. It was awful. You can't do that. That you yeah, can't, you can't Absolutely. But
1: it. we've but but to be but to be fair, we've all had that moment on a diamond where you just want to I never have. Ball. Yeah, when we were children. you want
0: to, you want to do it, but you don't do it on no, the No, you don't do it, stage. but you want to. Oh, of course. But the when I saw that for
1: the first time, I was like, yeah, I've, I've been, I, I know that feeling. I've never acted yeah. on it. Actually, no, no I th- have. That's had the difference, though. When I was 12, I struck out on a bad call. And I threw my helmet in the direction of the umpire. So that's my story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did Got get ejected once. I struck out four times swing, Four times swinging. You and suck. I went back into the dugout. I was like eleven, slammed my helmet into the dugout, and the ump tossed me from the game for no you reason. Slam the What's helmet, or did you, dr- did you drop What's, any? It, words? Was liter- it was literally my own fault. No, I was mad at myself. I struck out swinging four times. It wasn't like I looked at you know a pitch that was five feet outside and I got rung up. It was just four pitches I swung at, and I you know. You know that's a out bad on job own.
1: on the umpire though, because you swung. Yeah, and-
2: it and just, just gave me the heave. It was the worst it's, moment of my, how of my life. How old were you? 11, 10, 11, 12. I
1: never get mad when kids or anyone I'm watching playing slams the helmet. I don't understand why not understand. Yeah, I don't know why that.
0: umpires take offense to that. That drives me nuts. Especially like, if you're, you're hurting In Scott's anybody. case,
1: you're striking out swinging. So it's not yeah. like you agree with the call and say that was a bad call. You suck and then slam the helmet like I did.
2: Yeah. It's literally me being mad at myself. I don't know. It's all about the sportsmanship, which I
1: think is overrated anyway. Hmm. I can't stand it. Like, literally, when they, uh, I always hated after a loss, I had to shake their hand. Can't all right.
0: Stand it. You're taking a it a little too far there, Glenn. <laughs> <one. As, laughs> well, that's as what you
2: As kids, that's understandable. Yeah. I was, I was a little, at points in college, I was like, I don't. Want to shake their hand? They just absolutely kicked no,
0: we're ass. we're adults. They're adults. I never yet, wanted precious. to shake Temple's hand. To be fair, <laughs> I hated that team.
1: My they're good though. What I, I would do when I was pissed, I would just not say anything. I just put my fist out,
2: and I yeah. just wouldn't say. That's it. It's much more enjoyable when you're on you know the winning side of things.
1: It just pisses me off. It's all I you know, could do. Twenty-two years old, and I'm like, oh, good game. Fuck that. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid um i listened to uh the fan today and scott boris our great old friend who we talked about last episode he was on he said something He's been on so a
0: lot stupid.
1: lately He he's the voice of the players Look, that's what he
0: is somebody's got to do it and he's an intelligent guy and i think he's kind of toned it back a little bit lately well, he, he represents he's the, the un-
1: biggest the, names. is the, so he's he's as well. the yeah. unintelligent thing that he said
0: i'm curious the, um
1: he said, in regards to this season, it'll go into October, the regular season, and then November, the playoffs would start, and that would probably force um, baseball to have a neutral site World Series for this year. And Boris was making the argument that that should be how it is every year, neutral site World Series. I think that's the mm-hmm. dumbest idea ever. No, you can't do make that. it like every
2: every year. Every year is dumb. It takes the fans are what you know makes the game. You know, having that opportunity to win a game seven in front of your own fans, that's what you dream of when you're, you know, you're a kid. You know, you want to do that in front of your home fans. It makes yeah, obviously it makes sense for this year. You know, we're in a situation where the postseason gets into, you know, late November, December, and we have to have a World Series and we go play in, I don't know, Miami, you know, where they have, you know, a roof or you go to, you know, an L.A. where it's warm. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, for that situation. But every single year moving forwards would be the dumbest thing
1: ever. I, his argument is that you can get corporations down, you can have... Dude, nobody wants that. like Like how Super Bowl week is, but yeah. they sell seven games and there's corporations down and the fans fly down. Nope, first of all, fans aren't going to fly down. Two, what if a fan fl- flies down and has tickets to games five and six and it's a sweep? It's so true. then what?
0: You
1: it, can't it, do that. It, it makes no sense. And the great thing about baseball is... The crowds in the playoffs to me. I think Man, it's great. you
0: Cash and I sat in the literal top, 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 top row. Yeah. The last our, row. Our
1: view, our back. view was obstructed by the freeze.
0: Yeah. Look, Yeah. we had the best time. It what was it, ALCS game three, four. Like it wasn't even necessarily a pivotal. If we were game higher up,
1: if we were higher up, we'd be at home. <laughs>
0: we'd be, we'd <laughs> we were be the, the snipers last,
1: on the roof. We were the last row in the upper deck in left field. And it was the most fun yeah. I've had at a baseball game.
0: But that's that's the point, like that that's it. Like you need to have people that can still even enjoy the game, sitting in that very the last Super Bowl. Seat. I guess because
1: it. it's like a holiday, the Super Bowl. Yeah,
0: and it's one game. It's
1: one game, and people will spend the money to go. Is baseball? Baseball is very popular, but is baseball that seismic of a thing? Is the World Series that important to people who aren't in the market where the teams are playing? Are people from? kansas city gonna fly to miami to watch the yankees dodgers world series i don't think they will
0: no no absolutely so people not. from
1: people from kansas city will fly to miami to see a giants Patriots super bowl
0: because it's super Bowl. yes that's true well it's a one game back to your point yeah. where with the game five six and seven like you just never know when the series is going to end it's not a one and done super bowl so and also is first take gonna do remotes
1: from the world series every single day they don't do it anyway I think they wanted to make it Super Bowl week. I just don't think baseball is on it's the not – nothing is. I don't think baseball or anything is on the same scale of the NFL.
2: No. It's too long. You you have to space those games out for, you know, pitching, pitching purposes. You can't play five games in a row and expect game six to have, you know, a quality game when every single pitcher can't pick up their arm because they've been throwing the last week. It's a, It's a longer process. It's – you can't. You can't expect it to be, uh, you know, an extravaganza. No. I, I, Absolutely not.
1: I, I thought it was the dumbest thing. I, sometimes I think Scott Boris just says things just to get us talking, and it, it works. But this is one of his worst ideas I've ever heard.
2: But what are you going to do? Absolutely. Yeah,
1: no. All right, so talking about the draft, um, it's basically this year it's going to be five rounds. So subtract 35 rounds from a normal draft, and now it's only five. And, Scott, a lot of kids miss out that opportunity to get drafted, and they're losing a pretty significant payday for some of them. Some of them aren't getting any money, and they're going to have to sign as free agents. Because a lot of people bank on that signing bonus after getting drafted.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting thing that's going to be happening. You know, Major League Baseball announced going to this five-round draft, and any player that goes undrafted in this draft um, would be eligible to sign up, uh, sign a contract um, to up to $20,000. It's an interesting concept because, you know, that's a significantly less, you know, amount of money, you know, that you could get out of a bonus. And one of the things that stood out to me the most is these high school seniors, you know, who obviously are missing out on their seasons, which stinks, you know, those top tier guys are going to get drafted, but what's going to happen to all these, you know, other kids, you know, they're going to have to go to a college. Do they have a, you know, do they have a place on this, you know, the school that, you know, that's been recruiting them? They're gonna to have to go JUCO. Then also have to you have to look at, you know, these college baseball teams that they have limited scholarships available. NCAA has granted, you know, seniors a fifth year of eligibility to come back for another year. So these teams are gonna be in a you know a crunch for, you know, roster spots. I think it's gonna have a huge impact on you know, baseball going further because going forwards, because we don't know where a lot of these kids are going to end up could, you know, impact their careers moving forwards.
1: Now, here's something that I thought about with the draft, especially the kids that are graduating college and they have nowhere to go, but pro like after six round, that's not existent six round and up teams like the Yankees or the Dodgers, the Phillies, the high market teams, they can just like a buffet. They can just take all these players, right? Because what the 6th, 7th, 8th round, they keep the major teams at bay one pick per round. So the Yankees could hypothetically get 15 guys who are going to be 5th round picks because they have the money to do so. And a team like the Rays can't do that. You know what I'm trying to
2: say? Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. I, I haven't thought of that. It, they could just start you know, swooping in, scooping up kids as fast as possible, which would be very interesting. I mean, and can, also...
1: have, there's a lot of diamonds in the rough from the 5th round on. There's plenty. Exactly. Like it's not Talent like,
0: is always going to get found. It's not
1: like the Albert NFL Poulos drafts a where a lot of the guys in the 6th and 7th round get cut and they never really make it. There's a lot of people who are significant players later on from the 5th round and up.
2: Hulse yeah, was a yeah. 15th round pick. And he's arguably one of the greatest players of all time. I think Mike Piazza was what? Like a 31st round draft pick and he's a Hall of Famer. You can find guys anywhere. You yeah, could, if I'm the athletics,
1: you, I'm, I'm angry that I can't have the picks where the top teams or the top so, or financially strong teams can't be held down to one pick per round. They could all and, – and, you know, where do the kids want to – if the kids had offers from every single team, where are they going to sign?
0: When they,
2: I mean, they look, have the power now to Dodgers, choose. Red Sox. It's
1: yeah.
0: true. You know. But it depends it, also. You might want an easy path to the majors or an easier path. I and mean, there's no easy path to the majors, but you never know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. And going
1: forward with the draft. And I, we already see this problem with that. I was talking about, we're talking about with American players, with the international players, there's no international draft. So the the teams just sign them and there's baseball kind of limits it by putting an international cap on how much you can spend in a certain off season, I believe it is. And if you pass it, then you can't, don't have any money the next year. I think that's how it works. I, is baseball going to do that with the American amateur free agent class that's coming up? Because you got to no, no, hold, no, hold down the top market team somehow from just yeah, signing all they, of the
2: talent. As you said, yeah, they could come in and swoop in and start, you know, just signing all these, you know, college seniors um, that, you know, are talented that might go undrafted. So I gotta kind of imagine there would be some sort of limit to you know how much money you can spend in that you know in that pool. Yeah, I mean gonna, they're gonna have to have rules.
1: It's gonna every everything's different. Um, five round. Is there a reason? Is Corona the reason why they did this? Yeah, I, I so. mean, I mean the football did their whole draft. I mean, what what's the but risk of having what's the risk of having a forty round draft this year?
2: Well, I, I don't. They could have pushed it back. I think the issue is is that they decided to keep the draft on the same date on June 10th. And, you know, the college baseball season ended abruptly. I've played about 20 games, I think, max, maybe some teams. High school season's never really even started. So the evaluation of players, you know, never really happened. So I think they just decided by keeping it on the same day instead of pushing it back, there's no point in drafting 40 rounds of people because you don't know. So I think, I think that was the main driving. I don't know. I don't understand why they couldn't push it back since everything's on hold anyway. Um, But
1: I, and it also they're going to have to figure out coming up, will campuses have sports coming up? Like, will there be fall ball for colleges coming up? I mean they canceled the Cape Cod League. I mean, it's everything's
0: gonna get delayed with these kids. Yeah, well that's another thing. With the NCAA extending eligibility, there might not be as many kids coming out for the draft. Look, there's more than five rounds worth, but there there are a lot of kids that are gonna go back next year that missed out on their baseball season that are just taken away from the entire talent pool that that would would have been drafted this year. So look, I, I bet they're going back. They're not gonna change it to they're not gonna keep it at five forever. Um, I'm sure this is a one-off thing, but yeah, I mean, you just—you never know. This is just a crazy time. I—I I can't stop saying it, but it's just wild what's going on. Great. All right, so let me let me hold on.
1: I guess I'll do the. We, we don't need to wrap up somehow. Uh, we'll do a wrap up. Uh, I'll do a final thought thing. All right, so. So that will just about do it for the second episode of Base Hitball 4. But before we go, Scott, Tyler, do you have any final thoughts, mostly regarding the negotiations that are going to take place in the next couple weeks?
0: Ty, go ahead. I just hope we have baseball. I mean, I hope – I said it before, I'll say it again. I I just hope that the Players Association and the MLB can kind of come up to – a resolution here sometime within the next week, two weeks, Um, sooner the better because players can start to prepare, um, get their arrangements in order, everything, how they're supposed to handle it um, prior to reporting the spring training or the the shortened spring training. But look, I just want to watch baseball. That's my, that's my final thought. And it's going to be my thought for a while.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, As I said before, um, we're facing a crucial time here the next couple of weeks um players and ownership uh need to you know get together um work together to find that you know that even split of you know where the money can you know where the players can you know feel comfortable it's going to come down to safety i think most importantly it's going to be safety and then the money but it's crucial times right now i know i agree i want to watch baseball it'll just be a distraction for us because For me, personally, every day feels the same. I need something to change up my routine. And I I know baseball would certainly provide that for me, being able to, you know, 7.05, turn on the Phillies game and watch, you know, a game every single night for 82 days would be, you know, wonderful. So Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball Players Union, let's get it together and let's get this done.
1: Yeah, I share the same sentiments. It would be a shame – if money comes into the way, I, I, I agree that money is very important and players deserve to get compensated close to fair. Nothing's going to be fair in this situation, but as, it's, it's important that baseball is played because it is America's pastime and it could help a lot of people. I know that's not what the, the players think and they, they're, it's their right to say that we need to, we need to get ours. I totally understand that, but we need baseball and that's, that's very important. So, for Tyler Blumenstick and Scott Roswell, my name is Glenn Dennegris. Thank you for watching or listening, whatever you, however
2: you're watching or listening, to base hit ball four.